Hi, and welcome to Off the Dock. I'm your host, Kara, and I'm a marketing specialist new to the AEC industry. Off the Dock is a podcast for people interested in commercial diving and engineering by those who do the commercial diving and engineering. I'm going to ask the questions people unfamiliar with those fields want to know so you can learn right along with me. and welcome to episode six of Off the Dock. Today, we're going to talk about the Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse in Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. Today, I have John Potvin, the lighthouse manager of the Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse. How are you today, John? I am great. And you? I'm pretty good. We've got some nice weather down here in Kentucky, so it's a good day. We also have Mandy Scheindhelm, Maryland Office Director at Marine Solutions. Are you doing okay today, Mandy? Doing great, Kara. Thanks. Awesome. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Lighthouse, the partnership between the Lighthouse Society and Marine Solutions, and how the Lighthouse is maintained. So, John, can you provide a little history and background of the Lighthouse for those of us who aren't familiar with it? Sure, thank you very much. Well, the Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse is the last surviving screw pile lighthouse built on the Chesapeake Bay. It was built in 1875, so 147 years. A screw pile lighthouse is a lighthouse that's actually screwed with its feet into the bay. They take a, a very large cast iron piling and screw it down and then put six around the perimeter. So it's actually screwed down into the base, pretty clever. When I say it's the last surviving one, the uh, screw pile concept was developed in the uh, 1800s, but they were very susceptible to ice damage. So uh, while there were 40, there are there's only one left on the bay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the lighthouse was serviced by the Lighthouse Service from 1875 until 1939. And the Lighthouse Service merged with the United States Coast Guard in 1939. And this was also the last manned lighthouse on the Chesapeake Bay. They automated this lighthouse in 1986, batteries in, took the power out, and it became an automated beacon. So uh, the significance of the Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse is all about Baltimore. It's shipping from the open uh, waters of the Atlantic up through the Chesapeake Bay to get ship traffic up to Baltimore. Because at the time when it was built, that was the largest port in America. So do you want to know some fun facts about lighthouses? Of course, we'd love All right. to. Well, this lighthouse, while it was built in 1875, was hit by ice in 1877 and knocked over 10 degrees on its axis. And the Fresnel lens, which is the lens that's up inside the lighthouse, was broken. A kerosene was spilled all over the floor. So it was a pretty much a, a big disaster. Ice dam in front of the lighthouse to try and stop that from happening. It was not that effective. So by 1886, they actually put riprap around the lighthouse. So now we have these big rocks out there and we have this cast iron uh, ice dam in front of the lighthouse. And it is a beautiful lighthouse. It's one of, I think, the prettiest lighthouses in the country. It's also one of the most photographed lighthouses in the world. People come from all over to take pictures of this lighthouse. So another interesting thing is in 1812, before this lighthouse was put in, a British a warship grounded on Thomas Point Shoal on his way to Baltimore. And uh, he grounded on the on the uh, shoal that's out there. So it took two other uh, ships to get him ungrounded. 
and he went on and sacked Baltimore. It was later said that if the city of Annapolis had burned him, which is what they were planning on doing, he would have sacked Annapolis. So all of those historic structures in Annapolis would have burned down. Another interesting fact, uh, 2020, just a few years ago, we had Jimmy Buffett out of the White House. Uh, Jimmy Buffett was uh, there for three hours with me and one other person, and he sang two songs out there. Oh, how fun. Uh, they, they are going to be published. One is called The Coast of Marseille, which you can actually hear on YouTube. The other one, I can't tell you the name yet because it has not been published and it's not been copyrighted, but it's a really cool song written by James Taylor. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you're keeping yeah. secrets from us, John. <laughs> Another little interesting fact is that uh, we have these cast iron screw piles out there. They are the original cast iron screw piles. They were put in in 1875, and Mandy has uh, uh, gone diving on those to make sure that they are as good today as they were when they were put in here in 1875, and they are. Another interesting fact is that this lighthouse was built as a kit in Baltimore and then shipped down and they assembled it like a jigsaw puzzle. All of the screw pile lighthouses were built as kits. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I didn't know that. It's very cool. We're going to be doing another dive of the lighthouse screw piles uh, August 11th on our service day, too. How excited they get, get out there for service day. We do an annual service day, which we'll cover in a little bit, I know. Why is it so important, John, to preserve and maintain historical structures like this? Well, I think that it's very important to preserve these because they show what we could accomplish back in the 19th century. People thought, well, people weren't so clever back then. Well, they were. They were not only so clever in building the things, they stand today as a testament to what they did back there. And it's also important because we've had over 5,000 people visit this lighthouse inside and take our tours. So it's really quite an accomplishment to get the public into this lighthouse and see what it is like. It's a museum piece. And I think that the the ability to maintain this lighthouse for prosperity and for my great-grandchildren and my great-grandchildren's grandchildren is really something that is important. Absolutely. And a little bit later, we'll talk about lighthouse maintenance and securing the funding and volunteers for that. Um, But let's move on to the partnership between Marine Solutions and the United States Lighthouse Society. Mandy, can you tell us a little bit about that and how the relationship kind of came about? Absolutely. So I have to take you back, um, I guess, just over a decade when I personally got involved because it all started there. At a former employer, they had an annual service day, much like we do here at Marine Solutions now. And I got involved with that through a friend of mine who's still involved with lighthouse maintenance. And um, I fell in love with the lighthouse the first day that I went out there. It's this beautiful structure, as John said, in the middle of the bay. There's no power run to it, um, though they've had power in different ways in the past. It's so quiet out there and so peaceful and you're at one with the bay and and the elements of the bay and mother nature and i i just instantly fell in love so over the years i've been involved with maintenance each year both through my employers but also on my own they have um all summer long maintenance days where you can go out as a volunteer i highly recommend it you go out and you get to spend the day out at the lighthouse doing work And I've done this on my own and with my family. I've taken my parents out there. I've drugged my teenage daughters out there multiple times. And my (laughs) husband, I just love being out there whenever I can get out there. 
through through that work, we did some inspection, as John had mentioned, and did a dive on it. And then later we did a climbing inspection with rope access and we inspected the underside of the cottage and um, allowed for planning for preservation that John manages with providing those um, pro bono inspections that we did. And we did a full report. We'll get into some of what that was, what that led to a little bit later, but that's how the whole thing got started, the partnership between Marine Solutions and the U.S. Lighthouse Society. When I moved to Marine Solutions five years ago, I brought that program to Marine Solutions, and everyone at Marine Solutions seems to love it just as much as me. We go out with a group of about a dozen people from Marine Solutions employees on a Friday, usually in August, because... Mandy likes to swim in the bay after we're finished doing work. And <laughs> we do everything out there from um, we've we've removed pieces of the lighthouse that weren't historical, large pieces of steel um, as a volunteer effort. We've done painting inside and out. We've we've cleaned and painted pieces of steel on the outside. Um, that that was a lot of fun. Um, and then everything down to, to scraping poop. I actually drug my. 70-year-old parents out there on my birthday in August <laughs> on a Saturday to scrape bird poop. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That's um, true love right there, for <laughs> sure. It is a great place. It's, there's a lot of maintenance that is involved with it. Um, it's out there in the elements, so there's always work to be done out there. It does sound like such a beautiful and peaceful place. I would love to see it myself. You talked a little bit about the annual service day earlier. Tell me about that, Mandy. What goes on at the annual service day? Sure, sure. We round up uh, about a dozen different people from around the company, and we've had people come from all of our offices, um, even as far out as Kentucky, will come out and sign up to go out for a day of volunteering out on the bay. We go out with the U.S. Lighthouse Society on their boat, typically, unless we're doing dive inspections, which we'll be doing this year. Then we also take our own boat with our dive station. But we go out on U.S. Lighthouse Society boat, and we pack a picnic lunch, and we spend the day out there as a team. John Potvin gives us a to-do list, and we work for the better part of the day. We usually get out to the light at about 9 a.m., and we spend the whole day. We take a, a picnic lunch out and take a lunch break in the middle of the day and um, work all day long. We take a swim before we head out. We get lots of photo opportunities and we do a ton of work. It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding to see that part of history. John gives any new volunteers a really nice tour um, for the volunteers that come out. That's a little reward that they get. And it's a lot of fun. I think it's great to teach all of our younger people all of our younger employees about that historical structure out in the bay, and it's a great way to do it. And at the same time, we're helping John out and getting the annual maintenance completed. So, absolutely. And the pictures that I've seen um, from like last year, it just looks like you all have a blast. A lot of people think, oh, volunteering, but I think it's absolutely the most perfect place to volunteer for sure. It is fun. I did not warn my guests today. Mandy and John about our next segment. I typically do tell people that we're going to do some rapid fire questions, but that's what we're going to do right okay, now. Okay. So Mandy, you're first. What song were you listening to when you pulled into work this morning? Well, 
I, I didn't pull into work this morning, um, but I, I did work out. Um, so I guess I could tell you some of the songs that I that I worked out to. Okay. Um, so so usually it's like Dirty Heads. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but um, usually like easygoing this morning was was yoga. So it was Dirty Heads and some some reggae and lots of music you'd probably like to listen to when you're out at the lighthouse, actually. Yeah, very chill music. And I'll ask you one more, Mandy. What world record do you think you would have a shot at beating? Hmm. Probably um, fastest talker. <laughs> I have to concentrate <laughs> on speaking slowly in situations like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, well, uh, I wanted to be a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Just like my daddy. I just wanted to be a politician. <laughs> oh, cool. So your dad was a politician. That's awesome. You wanted to follow in those footsteps. And one more for John, and then I've got one for both of you guys. So, John, which celebrity annoys you the most? You don't have to tell us why. Just who is it? Don Rickles. <laughs> Don Rickles. I can't. I've heard the name, but I do not know who Don Rickles is. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's a generational <laughs> issue here. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Check him out sometime. You can probably I will. Yeah, you can I'll probably Google him for sure. Now, last question for both of you, and I guess Mandy, you can go first. What was your last Google search? Oh, um, oh, it was. Um, I do a lot of Google searches on on uh, definitions, so I was looking up some words. When I was oh, that's so yeah, I know that's, that's good and geeky and nerdy, but yeah, I Google definitions because you know who has a dictionary and encyclopedias anymore. Right. So I yeah, Google I do that too. Very nerdy. John, sorry, go ahead. My last Google connection is personal, but it was uh, Maryland Health Connection because I'm trying to get health insurance for my daughter who's 43. So it was a All pretty right. <laughs> pretty important stuff right there. We're going to jump back in. Um, let's go behind the scenes with John for a moment. Um, John, can you share your experiences and responsibilities in maintaining the lighthouse? I can. You know, they call me an octopus because I really have eight arms and uh, every one <laughs> of them has something to do with the lighthouse. And by the way, I'm retired. So this is like a non-full-time, full-time job. So oh, Wow. It, it uh, has developed over the years into something much more uh, encompassing than I ever anticipated. But uh, I have to coordinate the schedules for all of the tours, all of our preservationists, all of the volunteers that go out there, including the Sea Scouts and people like that. So the coordination of a schedule is a difficult process. It's usually done in January or February for the entire year. Uh, then I have to coordinate the preservationists, about uh, 12 to 20 people that go out there and physically work on the lighthouse every third Saturday of the month starting in May. Okay. And then I have to coordinate uh, docent training. We have about 35 docents, and I have to uh, make sure that they are trained. And that and they can are you tell us what that is? Docent is a person that actually goes out and takes tour folk through the lighthouse and explains to them the history of the lighthouse and why it's important. And it goes through every single room and tells them the facts about each room. It's fascinating. And uh, it's neat. a little bit of training, about four weeks of training one week of CPR training, and then one week of uh, 
mock tours before we can actually let them loose and have them be docents on the lighthouse. Uh, in addition to that, I coordinate uh, all of the uh, tour boat activities, including getting a captain, getting crew, taking care of the maintenance of the tour boat. Uh, tour boat is a Markley 46, and there's always, just like a lighthouse, there's always something that has to be fixed on the tour boat. <laughs> uh, I coordinate all of our fundraising, so whatever activity we have going on out there, and we're going to talk a little bit later more about this, but uh, I coordinate the fundraising. Uh, I maintain the books for Thomas Point Show Lighthouse. I pay the bills. Uh, I coordinate publicity and ticket sales. By the way, we're sold out for this year. Uh, I coordinate uh, the state funding and uh, uh, payments to our vendors through the state uh, portal. And then, uh, which is always a challenge, I come up with whatever things that can be thrown at me with the lighthouse. We had a, a wood beam that uh, threw us for a curve back in 2020. So there's always some sort of a challenge out there. So, you know, I think that the, what, what I do this for, why do I do this? I mean, other than putting more holes in my head, why do I do this? Well, <laughs> there's a reason. And the reason is I take great pleasure in taking people through tours and then taking them off the lighthouse and see the smiles on their faces. People love this lighthouse and they love the tours. And we do a, a guest survey as they're exiting and everybody's commenting about how good the docents are, how wonderful the trip was how they're finding things out that they never knew uh, before about this lighthouse, and they even like the boat ride. So that's why it's sold out, huh? It's sold out, and this is the third year <laughs> in a row we sold out uh, before the season even really began. And the first time we sold out in 2021, we didn't do any tours in 2020 because of the pandemic. 2021, yeah. we sold out. We were only taking six people out at a time. We were taking three tours out. So it's uh, 18, people, or no, 20, uh, 18 people a weekend. We doubled that in uh, 2022. We took 12 people out at a time and three tours. So it was 36 and we sold out all those. So this year we scaled back the amount of tours to give us more time on the lighthouse because it wasn't enough. We were pushing the envelope too hard. Oh, so now gotcha. they, get, they get about two hours out there now. So we are only doing two tours. We we're doing 16 people for tours, per tour. So we're doing 32 people on every uh, Saturday. That's really neat. So every Saturday, there's 32 people. That's a lot, but it's good that they get more time yeah. at the lighthouse. It's good that you all did that. Can you share any stories or examples of how um, volunteers have made a significant impact on the lighthouse? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, the, we, most everything we've done out there uh, has been through volunteers. Other than what we've hired MSI to do, uh, all of our woodworking, we have the Annapolis Woodworkers Guild that goes out and takes care of the lighthouse on the outside uh, every Friday in the summertime. Uh, our preservationists go out on, on uh, the third Saturday of the month and take care of interior painting, exterior painting. Uh, they take care of minor carpentry on the inside. But our volunteers have also removed all the lead paint out there. Uh, they've put in all new windows for the lighthouse, which we won with uh, Gelled One Windows, a national competition. So they do just about everything and anything that is asked of them. And I can't stress how important it is for us to have volunteers and how effective they've been for us over the years. I bet. If people want to get involved or donate, what do you, how do they do that? Well, two, there are two different things. Now, if you want to donate, they can go to the United States Lighthouse Society's website, which is uslhs.org. Okay. All right. And if they go there, there's a pull down menu for donations. 
and to tell them to be sure they click the Thomas Point Show Lighthouse on the pull-down menu, and they can donate as, as little or as much as they want, $15, $50, whatever they want to donate. Donations are very helpful in our overall financial uh, structure. The donations uh, earn about 10 to 15% of our annual revenue. And if someone wanted to volunteer, say I just came up to Maryland one weekend and said, hey, I feel like volunteering today. What should I do? Yep. Well, that's a different website. And uh, we have a chapter on the Chesapeake Bay called the Chesapeake uh, uh, Bay Lighthouse Society, which is a division of the United States Lighthouse Society. And you just send an email to preservation at cheslights.org. That's preservation at C-H-E-S-L-I-G-H-T-S dot org. And say, I want to help. And uh, they'll give you an opportunity to go out to this lighthouse or other lighthouses on the bay. We do a lot of other work at other lighthouses, too. So that's it. Preservation at chesslights.org. I want to tell you a couple of success stories that we've had with Thomas Point Show Lighthouse. Much of it driven by Marine Solutions Incorporated. But in uh, 2020, we replaced all of the steel understructure for this lighthouse. We were able to raise about $400,000. It was quite a feat to replace all that steel. Uh, and that was done by Marine Solutions Incorporated. They did a wonderful job for us. In order to get that much money, we had donations from the Maryland Historic Trust, from the Merrick Foundation. We had a GoFundMe page. We had a gala. We worked very hard to earn that money. Yes. Can I, can I jump in, John? I think um, what John's leaving out was his contribution in trying to get grants, which were successful, and planning and organizing these galas and all these fundraisers it was a lot of work. And that was all John was able to get all that work to be able to fix the steel that was at the waterline that um, was in pretty bad shape. And that was part of our underwater inspection that we had done year, years before. And he used that report to get all that funding and the grant. And that was all John's doing. Uh, was was a huge effort. That's great, John. Well, I had others helping me, so it was, it was not all my effort. I want to give credit to all of the volunteers who <laughs> helped uh, put the gala together and, and raise the money and everything. So there, a lot of people were involved. Uh, another big success that we had is just this year, we removed the plywood under uh, the lighthouse that has been there for 70 years. Oh, my goodness. So we actually uh, we opened up the original structure to the lighthouse, which is beautiful, absolutely stunning. So if you haven't seen it yet, there are a couple of pictures floating around already on the Internet by showing the um, the understructure. But it is just gorgeous. So I'm very happy and I'm getting a lot of comments from the public about how much nicer the lighthouse looks without the little crappy plywood up there. <laughs> uh, another big success story in 2007, we were able to get a national competition for windows. We won uh, all new windows and doors for the lighthouse for for at no cost to us. And then uh, one other big contribution was in 2005 and six, we removed all of the lead paint using volunteers, training them, and then having them remove all the lead paint inside the lighthouse. So big deals for us, big deals. Oh yeah, huge deal. I just want to mention that the tours uh, earn us enough money for preventative maintenance for, for very small amounts of money. I mean, the tour brings in enough to keep our business operating. We are a nonprofit. But for the long-term stuff, where we do the steel or we're doing the plywood, things like that, we typically have to go after grants. Grants amount to about 75% of our total exposure, a cost, if you will, when we're doing work at the okay. lighthouse. It's a big number. And what we need more than anything else right now is the long-term maintenance 
proposal and program for anything that come up that might be some sort of catastrophe. So what we're looking for and hoping for are enough donations to start uh, a replacement reserve fund for doing things like how do we deal with sea level rise, uh, which by 2050 could be three feet higher than it is right now. And how do we deal with all of that structure that's going to be below the water instead of above the water right now? So a lot of stuff to think about and a lot of stuff for the future. And I'll throw this out there. We are always looking for volunteers, whether it's preservation or whether it's somebody that wants to get involved in the Chesapeake chapter of the U.S. Lighthouse Society and and, uh, help them out. There's always something. It's a lighthouse. It's in the water. It's attacked by the elements all the time. All of the lighthouses are. So we always have some need for people to help. Absolutely. Well, you heard it right from John, ladies and gentlemen. Get to Maryland and get to helping on that lighthouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is it for our episode about the Thomas Point Shoal Lighthouse. If you're looking for a fun trip or to volunteer, visit Maryland to see the lighthouse and maybe you might even meet John. So thank you, John. Thank you, Mandy, for sharing all the valuable insights with us. It was so fun to chat with you today. And to our audience, we will be back soon. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Off the Dock. For all the latest and greatest in commercial diving and engineering, be sure to subscribe. Also, check us out at offthedockpod.com and follow us on all socials at Off the Dock Pod. Until next time. Mm-hmm.